How's it going? Good. I um, uh, I totally agree with your your um, uh, your comment that it's a difficult play to talk oh, about yeah. because it's kind of oh, like talking you, about a piece of music. Do you want to jump in or? Yeah, unless you have something you want to talk about. Uh, I, no, not really. Um, yeah, I'm recording. Yeah, okay. you said you had mentioned how it's like describing a piece of music, which I I agree yeah. with because it's so placid. Yeah, I mean, that's not an original uh, observation that his plays are like music. That's uh, one of the things that comes up if you read any literature about him uh, is the musicality of his plays, the, um, the effects that kind of go beyond the literal um, effects that are uh, therefore hard to just like point to and say, hey, look at this word he said, you know, um, look at this uh, action that was done on stage. Um, there are effects of, you know, uh, like subtle effects of juxtaposition and of kind of uh, light motifs uh, of both, you know, action and non-action. And uh, in this play, we have some unfulfilled action. <laughs> um, certainly is a uh, constant thing or a, a repeated thing that happens in the play. Um, and so, yeah, this is a, yeah, like I said, just going to be, it's like, how do you describe, you know, uh, unless you get real technical, like you can with music, uh, like Prelude à la Premise d'Enfant, or I, I think of him in, in relation to Debussy, I guess, because they're at like the same time. Um, and they're both uh, kind of classical in a way, uh, but very, um, I mean, Chekhov isn't as experimental as, like, Joyce, you know, who was writing at about the same time. Um, like, uh, a lot of this, Chekhov dies in 1904 at, like, the age of 40. Joyce would have been, uh, yeah, that's, like, when he's graduating from college. So he's, like, half a generation behind, a generation behind or something. Um and some of his short stories are written at about this time, so um, it's not an inappropriate, I don't think, or comparison. Um, so yeah, Chekhov isn't as like overtly um, like like we saw in the Seagull, the symbolist, Matrilect, um, you know, like that 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 kind of like uh, incredibly avant-garde, abstract vague, uh, sim- symbol- symbolical uh, drama was uh, happening kind of earlier. Um, so in a way, Chekhov with his, you know, regular people going about their, uh, you know, this is, I think the subtitle, what is it, uh, Scenes from a Country, Scenes of Country Life or something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Scenes from Country Life and Four Acts. Seriously, skipping back. Scenes from Country Life and Four Acts, uh, which is a, I think, deliberately <laughs> straightforward, almost banalization of what goes on. Uh, but yeah, um, Chekhov with his, uh, yeah, with his like like people, um, these aren't necessarily, you know, kings and queens, not Macbeth. Um, they. 
I, I, I kind of also think of, think of, of, of him in this play specifically in relation to like Virginia Woolf, um, whereas, you know, a lot of more abstract artists are trying to find some like Gnostic reality outside of the, you know, physical daily realm of existence. Uh, both Chekhov and Wolf, who wrote about Chekhov, um, and mentioned him in, 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 in books and stuff. Uh, so one can imagine that uh, she was influenced, um, or at least existed in a context of Chekhov having happened, um, is, 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 is an artist of, of the daily, of, of, of the commonplace. Like we said last time, his, his, his characters aren't necessarily as poetic as him they don't they sometimes speak in these kind of commonplace either yeah the what one doesn't necessarily go to his plays for like anthology speeches even like uh sonia's speech at the end sophie's speech at the end um yeah they're they're, they're not you know uh like the like like shakespeare would, would endow all of his characters with the Shakespearean ability to talk. Um, that's not the same with Chekhov. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an adventure to talk about. It's gonna be we're gonna just be like pulling at gossamer threads of ideas and of senses and of light motifs <clears throat> and of uh, vibes. It's gonna be all about vibes. This is a, a, a vibe talk. True. When it comes to Chekhov. <laughs> So yeah, how do you? How, how, what, what, what stood out to you? What do you want to talk about? Well, in terms of vibe, you even said we're talking about Uncle Vanya. <laughs> no, but that'll be the title. <laughs> this like, the Uncle Vanya. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uncle Vanya, which two things? First, the vibe to me was depressing, and secondly, yeah. Uncle Vanya <laughs> being the the, the titular character was interesting to me. The whole time, you know, I kind of yeah. it was in the back of my head the whole time until um, the end of Act Three. Oh, things, yeah, it was kind of like what? The main character, and you had that. Yeah, it feels like at at certain times this could be titled like Doctor Astrov, right? Or I was gonna say Sophie or Sonia or, or Helen or Hair Professor. Yeah, and you had the problem the with the names, where like Vanya's name is. Voininsky or something. Oh yeah, that thing where they come on stage talking to each other by yeah, uh, referring to their patronomics or familials or whatever. So yeah, I I found the I found the fact that it was called Uncle Vanya interesting, especially I, I just read how it was a remaking of an earlier play, which maybe you can talk more about. Um, oh, I can't. <laughs> you can't. No. Oh well, you read a book about him recently, right? Yeah. About check. Okay. All right, I'm currently reading. I I can't say more than okay what you just said. No, ta- I'll take it away. I mean, I'll take that away from you. The the burden of doing that, but um, <laughs> it's like, well, well, I know the first play was called the Wood Demon, and uh, mm-hmm. this is a obviously a redone play, so I can't speak to exactly what the Wood Demon was about. But anyway, uh, yeah, the fact that he focuses on Uncle Vanya's. Says something. The Demon was, um, so yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't think I've ever seen the Wood Demon like collected. It's certainly not in my the plays of Chekhov. Um, 
in the wood demon it's it's a little bit more from what i've read about it it was a lot more like hand fisted and like the i mean i guess we're you know spoiler alert but in in wood demon uh like the shots actually connect and people are killed um as opposed to here where uh action just kind of lingers mm-hmm. um one thing, one thing that that uh, uh, comes up in, or that I was thinking about, um, is this play. People shoot guns in the sequel. Somebody shoots guns mm-hmm. in the sisters. There's going to be a gunshot. I think, if I remember correctly, um, Chekhov, when he was writing the Cherry Orchard, wrote to his wife. He's like, "Hey, I'm writing a play that doesn't involve people shooting guns." Um, so that's an interesting, I think, counterpoint to what we were just saying about how, uh, or, or, or what, what, what people sometimes say about Chekhov, which is um, nothing happens in his plays and they're all just atmospheric ambience. Um, there is pretty pointed action. It does rise to a kind of pointed action um, mm-hmm. in a lot of those scenarios. Um, which yeah. is not to say that the Cherry Orchard has less pointed action, but... Um, yeah, it feels, feels like, uh, kind of, um, yeah, climax mm-hmm. that, uh, speaks against the idea that nothing happened. Um, I was, it reminds yeah, me sure. of, um, something we talked about with, um, respect to, uh, um, another book we read I'm blanking on where I think I really respect people who are who are good at writing melodrama uh well or at least in a way that comes off as not being mel- like like it's melodramatic but it yeah, comes off as being true it comes off as being true about yeah. I'm wondering what, what we're, it, oh that might have been Faulkner pr- yeah Faulkner is a mel- melodramatist right anyway. the way he writes and I'm not saying that uncle Vanya or Chekhov writes melodramatically, but the way he expresses the feelings, for example, of Uncle Vanya is a bit intense. Like it's a very dramatic way to express your 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 feeling about your your yeah. existence. Your you brother, know what I mean? Certainly. You know what I mean? Like well, certainly about his brother. It's extreme. Uh, it's extreme, I guess, is what I'm saying. But it still comes off as true, and I think that speaks to someone's talent to be able to do that well and not slide into being a bad writer you know mm-hmm. and maybe the wood uh, demon was bad writer for that reason i think there's like an i i think that like um especially when you have the foregrounding of these characters of having uh, like uncle Vanya having worked for his brother for 25 years or whatever um yeah the foregrounding of them being of him being kind of like a i mean certainly a disappointed person he could have been Dostoevsky, or he could have been, uh, shit, what's the other, who else does he say? Did he say Turgenev? I don't remember uh, who else he Turgenev. said, but yeah, he could have been Dostoevsky. And but and that was say, something that happened really uh, all of a sudden. Isn't that so? Yeah. I mean, the the realization that he was mm-hmm. wasting his life. And I think it was the previous um, year he had noted, for some reason, well, it's, it's certainly unexplained. the appearance of... Uh, uh, Elena, mm-hmm. Elena, mm-hmm. Helen. That's true. Um, certainly, is what they all blame everything on. Is the uh, yeah. production of the 
of those two. It's interesting in light of the ending, like having read the whole play and the the the, the reasons that people give for everything changing into idleness and just like everything coming to a weird standstill at this uh, estate, I guess is the professor and his wife moving there a year previous or something along mm-hmm. those lines. A month ago. Yeah, yeah, a few months ago. And it's like... When they when when there is a resolution of that situation not in, changing back to how it was previously, it's like the routine fixes everything somehow. All the like like a clock or something. Well, but I mean, it's still like unsettled. I would I would say. Yeah. No. 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 That's true. I shouldn't have said fixed, but um, it's just it's extraordinary that that would be such a things are the same, but everything has changed, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's weird that I'm just I, the disruption. You would you would imagine the disruption would be energy and action, you know, and and like someone that's coming with a, a dynamic personality or something. I kind of think of it as like uh, like blowing, like 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 blowing into like embers to start a fire up again. Like just the, the, what the, like the 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 chemical elements were there, but uh, just needed like oxygen or something. And yeah, the change up of having the professor and certainly of having Elena there. Uh, that was the oxygen needed for that fire. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking for, for who else but Dostoevsky does you think he could have done. Um, yeah, keep talking for a second. <laughs> okay. Um, Astrov was. I feel like it was Act 3, right? Uh, it's when he's talking to his I mom. Think I think he's, I think he's ranting at his mother, right? Maybe. And she's like, "Calm down. Listen to him. Listen to what he says." Yeah. The two other things I wanted to talk about were um, a Schopenhauer. It, I, I found it. I could have been a Schopenhauer, Schopenhauer a Dostoevsky. Schopenhauer. Right. He said, "Yeah, that's uh, not necessarily." optimistic guys. I mean, Dostoevsky <laughs> had his consolations in life, but Schopenhauer is a uh, philosophical pessimist. There's a thoroughgoing pessimism in Schopenhauer because um, he thinks of the, the our true experience of the world is through willing things and that we will things and even if we get them, then we just need like it's, it's the human state of it's the human condition to keep wanting more things. And when we stop wanting things, then we're dead. So our choice is either, you know, just being, you know, eaten, gnawed at by this hun- constant hunger of wanting more things, willing more things, or <clears throat> being dead. <laughs> There's like moments of consumption, tiny moments of consumption, moments when the music returns back to the original chord that it started with and it's resolved. Uh, these difficult pleasures that, 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 that we are able to accomplish. Um, but, yeah, it's just a moment of the, then another song starts, or the song's over and you start another one. Um, so, yeah, interesting that the two characters, I could have been the world's most depressing philosopher, <laughs> or Dostoevsky, who there's a lot to say about Dostoevsky. I don't necessarily want to pigeonhole him as, uh, depressing or anything, but that's that's funny to me. That <laughs> yeah, like Schopenhauer is like the definition of philosophical pessimism. Well, <laughs> and the sad man, the sad German. 
Well, riddle me this because speak to Yelena of I explaining this where he I get what you're saying about those two examples, but he's basically saying I could have been the things that I looked up to the professor about, and then all of a sudden, after twenty five years, he's no longer proud of the professor. Who's his sister's ex-husband? She's dead, mm-hmm. and he's taking care of his estate. What? What? You, do you think Yelena explains think his like, instant yeah. dissatisfaction I, with I, the I professor? Think some of it's Yelena, certainly, uh, whom he apparently uh, knew before they got married, or ten years ago. Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. Um, True. Although it's not like he's, you, know, you, you kind of get the sense that. Some of uh, his uh, adult feelings for her are, hey, because it's 10 years later and it's, you know, that 37-year-old falling in love with a 17-year-old. I know things were different 150 years ago, but it's still pretty weird. Mm. Um, uh, well, it's easier for me to imagine falling in love with a 27-year-old than a uh, right, because he's he's forty seven in the play at this time, and then she's twenty seven. So he's thirty seven, right? Um, and some of it's probably that you know uh, his brother in law. Uh, you, you want what other people have, kind of thing. Um, and also, I think it's part of just like uh, his brother had, or his brother in law had kind of like failed. Yeah. Um, no one knows him anymore. He's like a retired, eminent professor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, when 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 somebody's a going concern, there's always at least some delusional hope, right? Uh, some delusional idea um, that it's leading somewhere, and probably just the, the like seeing seeing it, you know. Um, whereas they had had some like idealized uh, idea, well, some idealized form. Of him in their head for the twenty years that he was that he they were supporting him in the city. Yeah, it's interesting uh, that he sacrificed to actually pay for the professor's ability yeah. to write. That is a big yeah. part of it. And I like yeah. how I like how he presents the um, the breakdown in relationships as being sort of I don't want to say irrational because there are reasons, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. anything else in life. It's Hard to figure out exactly what happened or what went wrong, you know, when something does go wrong, even if there was yeah. a specific cause. I mean, to use to use like a uh, an ecology metaphor, which is fitting for this play, certainly, uh, it'd be like colony collapse in bees, where like there's like a, just a snap and you know they lose their sense of direction or something all at once, and uh, yeah, there's some mysterious thing happens that even like tracing back of humans we can't really determine um but yeah just the colony dies because of one thing that happens or you know some like pheromone gets lost in the breeze or something um something scary like that um uh yeah and it's just uh, like the, 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 there's like a, a hypothetical physical, you know, like, like you're saying elements are there. Um, but yeah, there's, there, there's always, uh, kind of inexplicability to it. Like, like, uh, Hegel says the known because it is the known is the unknown or is unknown. I should remember exactly what that is. But yeah. The known because it is known is 
unknown. So like our, our, you know, relations to people, but our feelings about them um, are, are just like everyday lives have this kind of uh, this uh, mystery to them mm-hmm. um, that like mathematics, it doesn't, you know, this entirely made up thing that we have in our heads. We're able to like perfectly clean seven plus eight is 15 and it always is 15. There's no element. It's, uh, you know, uh, this completely platonic abstracted thing. Um, so it doesn't have any, uh, confounding, uh, you know, fingerprints on it or any, yeah, anything else. Uh, that, yeah, it's just clean. Um, whereas the actual elements of our lives are unfathomable to us because we know them so well. Indeed. Um, well, so uh, related to that maybe would be Yelena, who I was bored with at first, you know, in the in the play, because she's presented as being a very devout, yeah. young, idealistic person. And then she even out of her own mouth admits to, although she married for love, the love was based on the pretense of this guy's fame, which is... Married for what she thought was love, right? Right. An emotion that she thought was love that turned out to be infatuation or like just being impressed or starstruck or something. Mm -hmm. However you want to put that. The professor who whose name I should try to pronounce maybe Sarah Bayakov. I think of him as her professor. (laughs) Yeah, I think of his professor too. he, well, I he, think of him specifically as hair professor. Hair professor, right. Well, I, yeah, they do literally say that, yeah. I hear what yeah. you're saying. Um, anyway, he's he's kind of in the dark in, in terms of as a character. He's a bit less defined as uh, yeah, some of the other ones. in the play, really. Right. Um, and he causes so much writing. mischief in these people's hearts, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's interesting how he come flits in and out and you're like, I can't I mean, it's not that you should try to figure this guy out, but it's it's I I was interested to see what he was like, especially when he called the meeting at the mm-hmm. you know, I was like, Well, what is the is he gonna read his will or what's gonna happen? And even after the meeting, you don't come away with much of an impression about him as a man. I mean a little bit, but he's he's kind of a I think that's yeah, that's fitting. He's kind of a cipher. Right, right. He's kinda there's not much there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't come off as a brilliant person or anything. It's not like he says anything memorable or anything like that. Um, right. And He's he probably on a power rankings of people in this play whom you have strongest feelings about, he's probably the lowest. Right, but he's such a central figure. Like even the doctor's only yeah. there because of him, because of his gout. Right. Um Yeah. And you know the it, initially only there. And then Uncle Vanya's mother is so devoted to him based on, I guess, the previous relationship with her daughter. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, and also just the, uh, his image of a, uh, as a scholar. Remember, tellingly, at the end, she's like, remember to send a picture. Um, right. Because we're so impressed by you. Uh, it's a very idealized uh, attachment. It's a uh, mm-hmm. very detached attachment. It's, a, it's an attachment to the books and the ideas and 
memorizing the pamphlet. Yeah, she's um, always margin. He notes in the margin. His, his face. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> memorizing his face in a picture, not his face. Not like, hey, you're here. That's great. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like not to uh, relate everything to things I just wrote, but it's kind of like it, it is what it is when he uh, reaches sexual climax by thinking about the face of the woman that he's having sex with. Instead of just like hmm. looking at it, <laughs> he's thinking about the faces of all the beautiful women he's had sex with, and not just like having sex. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the idea as opposed to the reality. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so that's yeah. Her 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 attachment to him is is very idealized, and I don't mean I mean as in like it's it, it's in the realm of ideas. It's not in the realm of. You know, he's a different person. I don't mean necessarily it's lacking because it's, you know, ideal. It, it, it's some idealist, idealistic, as we would commonly use. I just mean it's in the realm of ideas as opposed to the realm of uh, the noumenal reality. Of, it is what, of, of, of it is <laughs> of what something actually is. How now, it is, as Gilman titles his chapter on this. Now, did he con- do you know if uh, Chekhov considered this to be a comedy at all? Yeah, all of them. Okay, all of them, but except for the three sisters. sisters. Okay, which yeah. I assumed based on what we previously discussed. So, how do you feel about that? Do you come away and and do you want to just maybe I think describe really what he meant by that? Of a comedy to me. This is a weird thing to say, but if 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 Uncle Vanya hadn't tried to shoot his brother, <laughs> that has like I mean it's a failed attempt and it has this dark comedy to it that kind yeah. of like knits it together for me. As a, as a comedy mm-hmm. uh, of depressed people, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Let me work out. Let me work out like a a, a one liner about it. So like uh, Wilde says that um, the importance of being earnest is a is a is a frivolous play for serious people. This is like a comedy of. Like, like yeah, like I was saying, a comedy filled with depressed people. Um, it's a it's a unhappy a comedy with an unhappy ending that has also an unhappy beginning and an unhappy middle uh it's yeah it's it's a you know comedy yeah go ahead well i was gonna the ending to me actually as a comic characters who never make jokes or have fun (laughs) (laughs) i do agree the the shooting is comical it's Mm -hmm. scary at first i i found it scary initially and then the fact that he missed so horribly, which it seems like it would have been easy to hit the professor. I mean, it must be like some shitty pistol, you know, like I imagine like a family heirloom kind of thing where it hasn't been fired in 20 years. Right. Hasn't been fired maybe ever. Handed down from, you know. And kind of like I was saying, it's it's rare and it it's it's to me commendable to have melodrama like that. I mean, that's melodramatic right. to have a family meeting yeah. and then someone pulls a gun out. But it works. Yeah. But it works somehow, um, and that's commendable. I think as, as to the writer, uh, I was going to say the ending, and I, I brought this up earlier a little bit. The routine of work, which is one of those mm-hmm. I was going to bring up resonant words. One of them is work, kind of being a salvation maybe for uh, a certain personalities. Maybe I'm one of them. 
but the routine that they went back to budgeting and they went back to the idea of having tea and dinner and supper at the normal times. Like, I felt happy for them, you know? Oh, yeah, like, they can settle five. back in. I mean, it's sad maybe that they, at least Uncle Vanya, went back to his old habit of not changing anything about his life. But in a way, I'm like, I could feel the relief of returning to a routine that I often feel yeah, returning from a trip you, or something. How do you square Sonia's speech like that? Say that again, whose speech? How do you how do you square Sonia's like ending? Yeah, because her ending, another another resonant word is rest. And mm-hmm. she kind of gives this speech about how one day we'll die and we'll be at rest and then we'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. So even their lives, yeah, they have settled back down. They've settled back down into well, not exactly heaven on earth. No, no, no. But the work, um, the idea, I think, of work being a respite from thinking about overthinking things, you know, maybe. And the routine being a solution to the indolence and the being able to look at Yelena and not have her and stuff like that. So anyway, I don't know. Um, it is not happy. It's not like joyful or anything. But it did make me yeah. feel more at peace. Like when Marina, I, I don't I don't really know how to say her name, but I think it's Marina. She's and they're all sitting by the fire, you know, knitting or whatever, or whatever she's doing. And yeah, I think Astral said something about Yeah, and he takes his paints, and he doesn't even want to leave because it seems so cozy and all that. But um, but anyway, but yes, that's a good way of saying it. It's a comedy with with people too depressed to say anything funny on purpose. Um, Who never have fun? Yeah, who don't have exactly, and you know, it's a comedy. It's a comedy of tragic characters. It's It's a comedy filled with tragic characters. I was going to say there's potential, certainly for them to have fun, or at least because it's like such a variety of people. Um, yeah. And the doctor, you know, he That's seemed interesting. What do you think about the doctor's uh, obsession well, with the forest? The doctor's obsession with trees, with ecology. What do you think um, about that? It went nowhere. That's, I, that's I, about potential. That's about... Yeah, I guess uh, you're right. He gets distracted from it. Um and going back to our thing last week when we were talking about the execrable, the goddess within, uh, that's 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 a doctor who's obsessed with ecology. That that's Chekhov. Chekhov was like planting and like like even when he was sick, he was. I mean, he, even when he was very sick, he was like personally overseeing and himself like planting trees around his his properties and like yeah. Uh, Tending to, to like do you, the the estate, knowing that he was going to die in like two years, you know, who knows exactly what you know he thought about. Not in two years necessarily, but knowing he was going to die soon, yeah, and knowing that he was just planting saplings that were going to outlive him, he wouldn't even see them necessarily becoming like stable trees. Um. When there's uh, yeah that, that 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 that's that's this like natural element of uh the, the, we were talking about the seagull where there's the lake and there's the seagull of course which can kind of provide like a like it, it drapes behind human action that we can kind of like measure the the um kind of crystallating action of these human lives of this like however long we spend this you know 
um, a few, I mean, for us, it's a few hours with these people. Maybe like, I mean, it's a pretty quick play, so maybe like an hour, hour 40 or something, depending on how you, how you produce it. Um, and, 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 and yeah, that, 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 that's with the backdrop of either, you know, uh, the maps of, 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 of the plantations over however many years or maps of the, the estates over however many years or the map of Africa in the background, <laughs> the useless map of Africa. Um, I thought that was, that was a, a very peculiar and funny background backdrop to have. Um, yeah. And I, I think it, it serves like a, it has like a similar effect and but but, but in, in, in this case when it's a matter of like the person Astrov caring about the ecological development of his environment and then not because he's yeah. distracted by wanting to uh <clears throat> go to the bone zone. Um yeah, that's just like a fitting summary of of, of, of human interaction. By the way, this we kind of got to the kind of got to the thing that uh, I wanted you to remind me to talk about Tolstoy. Oh yes, uh, Tolstoy didn't like. Or yeah, I'll give it away. Tolstoy didn't like the play because it has naughty kissing. It has what? Naughty kissing in it. Naughty kissing. Tolstoy was a little moralist. Oh. He doesn't. He 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 condemned this play because, or he, I mean, not condemned like publicly, but he. Yeah, I didn't like the play because of that scene where Elena and Astrov both give in. She's like, fuck it, and they kiss. Oh. Yeah, Tolstoy had some Garbaggio opinions. On the cheek, though. It was on the cheek. He wrote wrote a couple of, well, I mean, they they do then give in after Astrov kisses her on the cheek. She's like, fuck it, and hugs him. Kisses violently. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Oh, in my copy of I'll find that. Keep talking. I'll find that section. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I just always, I, I, I don't feel like we, uh, as, as we, yeah, I feel like, like, like we always have to temper our ideas of Tolstoy with, with he was a dum-dum when it came to anyone's work but his. I mean, even his own work, at the end, he wrote a thing called Hagi Mirage, um, which he couldn't finish because it was immoral. Um, it like unleashed this kind of passionate fury in him that he wouldn't even have it published himself. Um, I, yeah, his, his <coughs> work me. was undone by his own kind of, kind of like Coleridge to, to a certain degree. I think when they got old and conservative, morally conservative, um, it got in the way of some of like Christabel never gets finished because it's too, there's, there's, there's too much of a, demonic fury to it hmm. and he couldn't make that christian he couldn't make that like easily redeemable traditional normal christianity it is interesting i i sydney portier died this past weekend and i was watching an interview with him from 20, 2013 and he had the same hang-up, in a way. He said that he never took a role that was immoral or not dignified. And I'm like, why? I don't understand that. That's I get that a, limiting... a little bit more for him, because he's 
very consciously like a representative of yes a race that's looked down upon as immoral and no but i mean that slovenly but that's a stupid rule okay. that's a really not a good rule though i do i, say, I get what I you're saying for like denzel washington that would be a stupid rule um um, well, okay, I shouldn't say it's stupid because it's your own it's your own choice as whoever you are. But it's like it's interesting that someone would impose that upon art, which we kind of talked about last week. Um, yeah, I wanted no, to read. I think it's more understandable when it's Sydney Portier. Okay, well, you've. I'm not saying if I. It's on the record. I have no idea. <laughs> any of my choices, if I were in any situation, they could, but. Um, I can definitely, like, understand it from him more than from Tolstoy. Okay. Um, I, can, I, I agree with what you said in terms of if that's your specific thing that you're not willing to cross the line about. But in terms of playing any character ever, you're not going to play a villain? I mean, why? Because it's immoral? It doesn't make any sense. It's a movie. That's yeah. If it's a good part, it's a good part. That's how I feel. But, right. yeah. um, all right, I you know, my, my copy, which I like... It is probably not up to your standard for a reason we talked about the first time we talked about Chekhov. Not as contemporary. Yeah, it's a British like nineteen fifties uh, translation, and yeah, in terms of this part, it does not do a good job if they violently kiss because. Oh really? Yeah, it says embraces him impulsively, and they both at once oh, quickly step back from each other. Is... Yeah, I didn't get the ooh, sense that they had ooh. a violent kiss. Yeah, let me get the exact line from mine. Okay. Um, I don't have any reference for you. It's near the end, obviously, of Act 4. Yeah, I... um, Oh, actually, I found something that I underlined. (laughs) Um, So she says, At least once in my life, dot, 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 why not? Embraces him violently, then they both move away from each other. Well, yours didn't yeah. even say kisses violently. Embraces violently. Yeah, but violently. Yeah. Um, Earlier, he oh. kissed her on the cheek in my copy. And now they are humping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting part of the play, too, is all these uh, aborted... Uh, well, I guess there's two, at least. Well, there's three, if you include Sonia with the doctor. Yeah. Anyway, there's several <laughs> aborted romances that you figure might come to something but don't, which is another depressing yeah. aspect of it. Just unfulfilled. Um, yeah, just a lot of unfulfilled potential. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I have a friend that reminds me of Astrov because Astrov, you know, he rants, or I shouldn't say rant, but... He goes on and on about his favorite topic, you know, the the trees. <laughs> and then at the end, when people are just like weary of his profuse, you know, conversation about it, he'll be like, I, I just lost it because I went to find that other thing. He'll be like, you don't even care. You don't care about what I'm talking about, do you? Yeah. And I hate when people do that. It's so rude. It's like, no, I mean, I'm trying to care. But you just, you know, when you put it, you you say it so rudely like that. It's just like interesting to me that it was funny to me that he had that quirk. Externalizing their disappointment, but yeah, uh, making it your fault. Yeah, it's manipulation. But then, like you said, he 
it's like one of these things. It's it's one of these weird things about being human. Even if you're a good person, there's still a pitfall. There's still pitfalls that you can fall yeah, into. Yeah, that's actually. You know, I was, I was waiting for a time to put it back in because I just found something that I underlined when um, I was looking for this near the end of the uh, Elena Astrov interaction, where he's talking about why not you know give up and give, give, or sorry why not give in as opposed to giving up. Why not give in? And um, and instead of Kharkov, however you pronounce that, wouldn't it be better to do it out here as in, like, um, yeah, your life is empty. You have no goals. Like <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're going to give in to your feelings. Why not give in to your feelings out here in the bosom of nature? Why not? That would make a kind of poetry out of it. Beautiful fall weather, lots of trees, rickety old country houses, just like a Turgenev novel. Um, and so this, like, the, the, the line I underlined is lots of trees, um, talking about <laughs> how he, uh, yeah, the, the, the banalization, the, the trivialization, the instrumentalization of his passion. Um, it had been, yeah, this passion that he comes over and draws maps for hours and hours on end. And he has a little work table that he goes to and all that shit. Um, and now it's just like, part of a line that he uses on a woman yeah um yeah that's such a, a perfect little thing uh the Chekhov put in there yeah there's a lot of there'd be a lot of trees out here and you know um, as that's <laughs> the, the final final note of that uh the, the ecology question I found Astrov's development interesting. I expected him to be older at the if, the way they described him at the beginning when he's talking to mm. the um, I don't know what you would call her a nurse. Let me see, an old children's nurse, Marina. The nanny. And they've known each other. Yeah, the nanny, and they've known each other uh, uh, since he's been there. I guess ten years. And she acted like, "Oh, you've, you're so old now." And he's like, I, "I'm the hardest worker anyone's ever seen. Yeah. I'm a doctor." Yeah. And I'm worn out. Like I drink vodka all the time. Yeah, and then he had this weird kind of revival in the middle with this uh, interest in Yelena, where it kind of yeah. diverted him from his uh, hard work, I guess, for a month. Got a hard job. Who would you have seen her with if she would have chosen one of the two? Uncle Vanya or Estrov? Uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You don't know. I don't, I don't think, I don't see her doing. Is that a bad question? Ever. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, she like hugs a guy violently, and that's enough for her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. What other aspects of the mood or anything about the play? Any other underlying areas? Uh, that is literally the only thing I underlined in this play. Otherwise, this play is like so. Uh, it goes down so smooth. There well, you know, much that like stands out. I guess individual moments that stand out. Again, like in a piece of music, I guess there are climactic moments. But um, unless you're gonna get into like the word by word technique, um, um, and, uh, that would just be to say what you know, what 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 uh, what like. Uh, chord they're playing or whatever it wouldn't be the i mean that's the yeah, i was like all you could do i think yeah here's a minor chord here's another minor chord here's another minor chord do you how do you rank it next to the seagull 
Oh man. Um, I feel I, I have like an undue, I think, uh, uh, love of the Spiegel. Okay. Just because of like his, like, I, from a biographical standpoint, just because it's like his first like breakthrough mm-hmm. in the, I mean, not breakthrough like commercially or something, but I, I just breakthrough artistically. It's such a like, um, yeah, it's such an important artistic moment for him. Um, I like the, I like the Seagull a lot. That might be my favorite of his plays, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I don't know. I was gonna say I read them all together and compared in a while. I mean, ever. This this play feels cla- more claustrophobic than the Seagull, which was kind of mm-hmm. even though that was set at the country house. In that play, it's still more outside. Yeah, they were able to go outside. The lake and, and they yeah, enjoyed the scenery. They were consigned to just being inside all the time. Yeah, I was interested that almost. Well, I guess every act it was in a different, maybe a slightly different room of the same house, but um, big room. Yeah, it, it started feeling claustrophobic by the end, especially when no one wanted to be there, and they all were like, "I gotta leave now. I have to leave now. I have to leave in, the, in this instant. I can't right. stand being here anymore." And I'm like, "I'm still here. I can't leave." <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck in your house. I can only stay as long as you stay. <laughs> yeah. 